Hello, everybody. Welcome to WRDG. We're going to check with Cortana. At the Cortana, we're going to check with our weather. After our weather, and we're going to take you back to the wrestling, what we own. And I'm going to ask her. What's the weather in Portland, Ohio? It's 72 degrees and clear in Portland. Okay. What? What's the weather for tomorrow in Portland, Ohio? Okay, we will set that and and we will set that and 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 uh, And we will set that and uh, and we're gonna do Tony and here's Tony Cavalier.
All right, now we're back. And uh, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to uh. We're going to go something else and 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 We're going something else and uh, and uh, we're going to go back to wrestling and when we get this Air to a wrestling part two when it was over. Back to your wrestling. Yeah. 
she knows who our father from her looks like. She knows what it means to be a mother and a father present in children's lives to protect their well-being, to protect their innocence. There is an assault on these things today, and Katie is a fighter for the rights and security of children. You are going to love this conversation. It's going to educate you, empower you, inspire you up. That is what Katie does. As always, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. All right. Without further ado, here is our friend, Katie. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. There are a million things I want to talk to you about. So first, I just kind of want to ask you to set us up because people are looking at the landscape right now and we're seeing a lot of things that scare us when it comes to kids. It's getting a lot harder, I think, for progressives to hide the fact that sexualization of children is on the table. When we're looking at dragging story hour, when we're looking at, in some cases, um, child drag shows that are being glorified and normalized in some places, when we're looking at the pornography that is being read uh, in in schools towards young children, the so-called sex education, like give us a, a lay of the land. Tell us about the seriousness of this moment when it comes to the rights and the protection of kids. Yep. Well, obviously, sexual desire, adult sexual identification has become God. And because sex is connected to babies, that means that children have become the acceptable and necessary sacrifice on the altar of adult sexual desire. And so my organization deals with that primarily in the theater of marriage and family issues. But what you're starting to see is that children are also the necessary sacrifice in many of these other areas, especially when it comes to, for example, validating adult sexual expression through early sexualization of children who are brought to these drag queen story hours or used in um, the context of a school setting to validate adult sexual expression. And for some reason, these adults believe that it is necessary to have these innocent children who don't have the critical thinking abilities to uh, be able to push back and filter out what it is presented to them, right? They are seeing these children, they're functioning um, as accessories to validate adult sexual desire, sexual expression, because adult sexuality has become God. And so, of course, children are going to be brought into that. And it's harmful because children are not immature, right? They don't have the same kind of reasoning capacity. They are not just smaller versions of adults that are able to process through and reason through all of this. We violate their innocence. We harm their minds. We harm their bodies when we then incorporate them into this larger conversation about adult sexual expressionism, whereas there should be a firewall of protective boundaries around children's right to innocence, children's right to, for example, an intact, unmedicalized body, and children's right to life, which we're all familiar with. And, of course, what we do at them before us is children's right to their mother and father, regardless of adult sexual feelings, sexual expression, or sexual identity. A really good example of what you're talking about, I saw you comment on it on Twitter, I commented on it too, was a screenshot of a pregnancy announcement by a very elite private school in D.C. And it is sent from what's called Manatee Teachers, I guess that's the name of the preschool, to Manatee families. 
And here is part of this email that would not have been even understood 10 years ago. It says, we wanted to take an opportunity to share some exciting news with you, though you may have already noted Mr. Powell's growing belly. Tristan is expecting a kiddo mid-January. Goes on to kind of detail what the parental leave will look like. And then this part I thought was really interesting and especially sad. When we do chat as a class, this email says, we will prepare the kids for Tristan's absence and explain the reason in age-appropriate ways. For kids who may have associations with pregnancy in a certain gender, only girls or moms can have babies, Tristan uses the language of some boys have bodies that can have babies and I have the kind of body that can have a baby. Isn't that cool? And then talks about how this person is going to describe being transgender and basically just says, look, this is how it is. This is what we're going to teach your kids. You can repeat our language at home. And as you said, takes down that firewall of innocence, that basic understanding that kids have that, oh, women have babies, women can become moms. There's a difference between male and female and replaces that innate clarity that they have with confusion. You said that this is kind of the sexualization of children what do you say to somebody who says, this has nothing to do with sex. This is just about acceptance. Oh my gosh. You know, that was such an example of using children as pawns to validate not just adult sexual expressionism, but to validate this massive child loss that this baby is going to experience because a single woman who has been surgically and or chemically altered to appear like a man has created an intentionally fatherless child um, who Ava is how this um, woman wants to be referred to and um, is not even going to reflect right the beauty of femininity so there are the tragedies for this child and then the school is coaching parents to condition children to validate the adult sexual expression at the expense of a child who's going to be intentionally fatherless. And so it's amazing how aggressive uh, the other side is being in terms of messaging to young kids. And they're doing it at these young, young grades because um, children have this, um, you know, the, the trivium approach, the classical model of education recognizes that there's this sort of developmental benchmark when it comes to um, a child's mental reasoning. And up until about 10 or 11, they're the where they naturally kind of plunge in and accept in an unquestioning way whatever a trusted adult tells them why you've got these aggressive educators who are seeking to um, gender confusion and these uh, adult ideologies in elementary school ages. And so you look at the text sent out from the school district, how aggressive it is in terms of promoting this distorted worldview to preschoolers. And so my response to that is yes. We absolutely need to message to children about what is happening here. And it needs to align with what you said, right? What they know instinctually, and that is that men and women are different. Mommies have babies. Children need moms and dads. Isn't it sad if a child is going to intentionally lose their dad? It's sad, right, that the mommy thinks that she has to alter her body to be her true self, right? Like, if they're going to grow go after our kids, we need to go after our kids even harder with truth and beauty because the other side isn't waiting for them to mature into those older stages, the middle school stage where they can process through competing worldviews, and the high school stage where they are then able to confidently articulate their views 
we have to get the kids as early as they are. And unfortunately, it has to do with these distorted messages around sex and gender. Yes, I love that point. Someone is always discipling your children. And uh, secular progressives take discipleship very seriously. I think in some cases, more seriously than the church, more seriously than some parents. And I don't think that this means, like I have a three-year-old and an 18-month-old. They don't need to know right now that there are people, there are women who think that they're men. They don't, they don't need to know that confusion. What they need right now is a foundation of what is true, a validation of what they already observe. Because as we just said, they already innately can tell the difference. Well, there's mommy, there's daddy, there's grandpa, there's papa. That's a man, that's a woman, that's a mommy. I mean, they make these observations all of the time. Um, and to simply validate what is true, to lay the foundation of what is true. And as you were saying, eventually, you do kind of have to give them the tools to combat then the perversion of that. Um, that they see, but you're absolutely right. It's happening at younger and younger levels. And there does seem to be this perverse motivation of needing child's affirmation of adult sexuality. But why do they need, like in, in, from, from your perspective, why would an adult need the validation of a four-year-old? I mean, that's really sick. Yeah, well, obviously it's our self-obsession, right? This idea that the most important thing in the world is self or sex or maybe safety as we saw in COVID, right? And so when that becomes your ultimate good, right? When that is the ultimate thing, then everything else must bow down to that ultimate thing. And so we're worshiping the wrong God and the world is telling these adults to worship that God. We just have to make sure that our children are not participants, willing or unwilling in their worship. So I love what you're saying about um, Sheltering your kids. I'm actually in the middle of book number two called Raising Conservative Kids in a Rural City because I'm passionate about two things. I'm passionate about protecting the rights and well being of children of the world, and I'm passionate about my children. I'm passionate about making sure that my children are not consumed by the world machine. And the reality is that you can do that as parents, even when everything is against you, your neighbors, your school district, right? Maybe your extended family. Maybe even uh, the church community you go to is being infected by wokeism. And what you're saying about those early years is exactly right. Your job in those early years is to saturate your children in truth and beauty. Right? They're already seeing the world as it is. You name it. And then you explain why your dads are different and why it's so good. Like why mommy has a baby in her belly and how incredible it is that mommy's body
Pure. We love Eden Pure in our house. They make an air purifier that we love. We have several of them around our house, and we really do think that it makes a difference. I'm actually kind of sad when I'm talking about this because I took my Eden Pure air purifier. You can plug it right into your wall. It's super lightweight. doesn't take up any floor space to Atlanta because you can travel with it. And I took it to Atlanta and I was like, I will plug it into the wall in my hotel room because that's a great idea. I want pure air everywhere that I go. Left it there. And I'm super sad about it. That's how much I love these air purifiers. And I think that they make a huge difference in killing bacteria and viruses and bad odors is that I traveled with it because that's what I love to do. And I left it and I'm super sad, but that's okay. We have several more in our house because we think that they work so well. So go to eatpuredeals.com, that's E-V-E-N, puredeals.com. If you use my discount code, Allie, you can save $200. That's 300 from air purifiers for under $200. There's more than 200,000 of these sold. And if you're watching on YouTube, it doesn't look anything like that. So I have no idea why we have those pictures, but you should still go to eatpuredeals.com. Use code Allie for the discount, that's eatpuredeals.com. I have so many thoughts about what you just said. I want to get first your your thoughts on what the long-term consequence is of parents replacing that kind of natural clarity and curiosity that children have about the world around them with confusion and chaos. Because I notice in, in my kids, as they are differentiating between genders, really without any instruction from us, that is, that's just observations that they made out in the world that that is kind of their way of, of making their world smaller they're constantly putting things in categories not just people but also objects they're constantly trying to make sense of where things go what category it falls in what purpose it has when they see people then out in the uh, out in public and they say you know that's a that's a family or those are friends or that's a boy that's a girl i can tell they're trying to make sense of a world that is new to them it is novel to them make sense they're trying to fit it into context and make it smaller and make it more chewable for them and that seems to me like it would be a really important part of child development and that if you rob that from a child and you put them even if it's just in a mental situation in which nothing really makes sense. There's no categories. You can't assume people's gender. You can't assume the categories that it, uh, that people go. You can't assume what a family looks like, that that would be disorienting for a child. And I just want to know, like, what is the consequence of that for a child long-term? What do you think? It's massive destabilization, right? That you're destabilizing all of the things that they should be able to anchor themselves to when it comes to finding meaning belonging, um, rationality, that we are supposed to be able to look at the natural world and then anchor ourselves to it. But if you cannot even trust what you see with your own eyes, um, you are not going to be able to rely on yourselves, the people around you, that kind of thing. Um, and honestly, ultimately what it means is you are going to detach, right, from these primary relationships in your life, to people that don't have the same level of commitment, uh, trustworthiness, and investment in your life, um, especially when it comes to the parent-child relationship. So what you're saying is, you know, what I'm saying is it's very, very important for parents to not only be the primary educators, but in those early years, 
to give children the foundation to connect themselves to the real world. And you as the parents are one of the main ways that that is going to um, that happens a lot through what you direct their attention towards. That happens a lot in terms of helping them to properly contextualize what when they see brokenness in the world. Um, and ultimately, it is going to serve the purpose of reinforcing their relationship and their trust in you, which is exactly where it belongs. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago filtering out those aggressive adults and aggressive influences that are either seeking sexual validation in children in the name of. Um, inclusion and intolerance that's typically how it goes or those who are trying to indoctrinate your children with things that are wrong um, and then equipping them and it just reminded me of something that I read on Twitter a while ago I don't remember who initially said it maybe it was you it sounds like something that you would say is that rumors look for gaps uh, rumors don't just look for who is the weak child who is the vulnerable child who is prey but where is the vulnerable prey? Where is the fatherless child? Where is the child who's absent to parents? Where is the child whose parents are more concerned about fitting in with the mainstream culture or being called the bigot than they are protecting a child from predation? Rumors look for gaps. And so what I'm hearing you say is that from an early age, parents are to be standing in the gap. And if you're not willing to do that, come what may, then you have abdicated really your God-given role as a parent. I didn't say it, but I'm gonna start. Yeah, because it's, it's great. absolutely so true. And I think that, you know, in our world, like when I grew up, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, and this mechanic was like, strangers on the street of from and the gaps right have got to be addressed when it comes to worldview when it comes to what you think um you know when it comes to my kids uh, maybe they can't refute everything that a woke teacher says but we have filled in the gaps enough for them to be able to spot a lot right they know enough that when a woke teacher says something about um you know evils of capitalism they know enough to say something's not right there and where do they go to me and their father, and they say, you know, they see that my teacher said something about capitalism, you know, and that being the instrument of poverty, uh, but that doesn't sound right, because I think that you mentioned that, you know, we have, like, decimated poverty in the last 40 years, and I thought you said something about the connection between, but what is that, right? So, like, we have got to fill in the gaps for our kids so that they are not prey for adults that are 